You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi, and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk update on Tuesday, August the 13th. My name is Seamus Strapp from our Customer Treasury Unit, and AIB's Senior Economist John Fahey joins us to discuss general market sentiment and currency volatility. John, trade tensions and central bank policies have been centre stage over the past while. What's been happening over the past week in relation to market sentiment? Yeah, when we look at last week, we saw a bit more nervousness uh, in markets. Uh, a couple of things combined uh, for that, uh, which saw then investor sentiment turn negative uh, for a part of the week. A lot more nervousness and, and a bit of reduction in risk appetite and an in- increase in, in risk aversion. So some of the factors behind that, uh, we obviously had at the start of last week uh, increased concerns that not only was there going to be a trade war, but it was going to develop into a currency war between the US uh, and China. Uh, with moves in terms of what happened uh, with the renminbi. At the same time then, later in the week, we had three uh, central banks uh, in terms of the Bank of New Zealand, Bank of India and the Bank of Thailand all cut interest rates and they're cutting interest rates because they're concerned about the economic outlook. So all these things combined to make markets much more nervous. So that was reflective uh, in what we saw on Wall Street early last week. We uh, falls in the uh, main indices there of 2 to 3% in one day. Uh, And at the same time, then the risk aversion was evident on bond markets where the safe haven demand for bonds pushed down bond yield lower. Uh, So we saw the German 10-year bonds hit new record lows, uh, US 10-year treasuries at three-year lows in terms of yields and also UK gilts. Uh, So it was very much much, uh, when we looked at the mood on markets, risk aversion in the early part of the week. As the week progressed, though, we got a bit of recovery. Bond yields started to move a little bit higher. Uh, and we saw some gains for equity markets. So net-net, by the end of the week, uh, equity markets were only slightly lower rather than drastically lower. And it also should be viewed in the context of... uh the strong performance year to date in equity markets. So if you recall, towards the end of last year, we had a very weak December in equity markets because there was huge concerns over the global economy, as well as the fact that the Fed still uh, seemed very keen uh, on tightening policy. Uh, but fast forward to now, and uh, since the start of the year, equity markets are still up in the US Wall Street, the main index there, the S&P 500 is up over 16%. Uh, why is that? It's because central banks have, have turned more uh, towards easing again, so that's helped sentiment. Uh, but what we saw last week in terms of the volatility we could see a continuation of that because if you think what was driven behind it, what we referenced there, global trade tensions, weaker global economy, none of that's going to be resolved in the space of a week or two. So that more nervousness uh, to markets is likely to persist, uh, given that those issues around the global economy and concerns over uh, trade tensions and the risk of a trade war uh, will will remain prevalent uh, towards the end of this year and even possibly into next year. So what we saw last week, uh, we could see still see a continuation of more nervous backdrop there. But as I said, markets are still up uh, in terms of equity markets strongly uh, since the start of the year. You mentioned the three central banks cutting rates um, last week. We also saw the Federal Reserve cut rates at the end of July and the ECB appear to be positioning themselves for further rate cuts and possibly a reintroduction of QE in September. What's your view on that? Yeah, so this is very much in the context of uh, what they look when they look overall at the global economy and the concerns there. And the Fed was an interesting one. So we referenced this on last week's podcast too. Uh, Their concern is not so much the US economy, uh, but what's happened in the external economy and the risks uh, coming externally. So we have seen quite a change around uh, since the start of the year in terms of what we're hearing from all the major uh, central banks. And if you look at market expectations for the Fed, the market's expecting a a number of rate cuts uh, uh, another one or two, from, at least two from the Fed before the end of the year and another cut in, in early uh, 2020. 
So the market's very much expecting that the Fed uh, will do more. And similarly, from an ECB perspective, you uh, mentioned there, uh, it looks as if the ECB uh, will introduce a rate cut to the depot rate uh, in September time and could start QE as well. So the the view for monetary policy now, uh, global monetary policy, is very much a shift back uh, into uh, easing mode. I suppose the question is, is limit to the extent of what monetary policy uh, can do. But uh, it does seem to be that the central banks, major central banks, are, are trying to implement some preemptive measures uh, in the hope that uh, as slower growth does materialise, uh, that monetary policy is at an appropriate position to help sustain growth in those economies. Jonathan, just look at currencies for a minute. Uh, last week we saw weak GDP numbers from the UK, which kept the pressure on sterling. Euro sterling in particular traded over 93 pence last week week, which is close to a 10-year low. How do you think that will evolve? Yeah, so in terms of what we had last week in GDP, the weak number contraction for the first time in a number of years, already against the backdrop, sterling was under pressure. If you think of where we have been, if you look back to since the start of Basically, when Theresa May announced that she was stepping down as as leader, uh, we started to see a bit more weakness coming to Sterling because the change in leadership in the UK and the pending change introduced more political uncertainty in the whole Brexit outlook. Obviously, then we got a new prime minister, much more uh, Brexiteer of a prime minister. The rhetoric over a hard Brexit has increased. So all that's been weighing on sterling uh, over the last month or so. And since the start of May, euro is our sterling's down around 5% uh, against the euro. And then on Friday, we got the weak GDP number. So everything kind of went against sterling last week that could possibly go against the backdrop of political uncertainty. So in terms of the outlook, so nothing really is happened in relation to Brexit over the last uh, couple of weeks. It's it's all rhetoric and headlines at the moment. The UK and the EU haven't engaged in any new negotiations and we probably don't expect anything concrete to happen in terms of talks until we get into September. But the risk is, from a UK perspective, is the domestic political uncertainty increases Again, in terms of you could have the, an early election in the UK, there's increasing talk over the last couple of days that there'll be a no-confidence motion. So the UK Parliament comes back on the 3rd of September and that no-confidence motion could potentially be held as early as the, the 4th of September. Uh, so we very much look ahead to the first week in September to get a guidance as to what could happen within the UK domestic uh, political environment. But in that context, it's increased uncertainty. So that's likely to put some further downward pressure to bear uh, on sterling, as you referenced there that 93p level uh, you know, it's over two years since we were last above that so it does look as if uh, there's more volatility to come and if that political uncertainty increases we could see further weakness in sterling uh, as we get into September and remember that cl- new cliff edge date of the 31st of October is looming on the horizon then so there's a lot in the background there that potentially poses further downward pressure on, on sterling from a currency viewpoint. Okay, and staying on the currency, the cable is close to 20 now. That's a very tricky currency pair normally. Yeah, so the sterling against the dollar is at that 120 mark. So really, you have to go back to the uh, mid-80s when we really test it below that level on any sort of sustained basis. So that's a key level to keep an eye out for. If it breaks below that 120 level and if it sustains a break below that uh, in terms of because you're at multi-decade lows from a cable perspective. There's two aspects to that in terms of sterling against the dollar. There's the sterling weakness, but there's also the dollar has been generally stronger against the euro and sterling so there's a bit of dollar strength too that that has pushed that pair lower over the last couple of weeks uh, or months even but definitely if uh, what we outlined there in terms of the outlook from Brexit the raft of uncertainty and you could have added uncertainty if there was a 
no confidence vote in the UK if the government lost that there's a 14 day period then for a new government to be formed before elections have to be called uh, so in, in, in that 14 day period uh, a raft of uncertainty there and you could see further weakness on sterling so that would be reflective in euro sterling moving higher potentially above that 93p and cable in terms of sterling against the dollar moving lower below that 120 and testing new lows over the last couple of years and of course reports over the weekend that suggest the uh, the general election if it comes to pass may actually happen after the Brexit deadline of 31st of October Yeah so that's just more uncertainty so no one knows for sure uh, when the election could happen whether it would be the before or after Downing Street sources and you say there the reports suggest that the preference is for it to be after I think one way or the other we're looking at an election in the UK uh, before the end of this year uh, obviously if it happened around the, the Brexit vote then the question is Is does, does the EU grant an extension or is it the UK's Prime Minister's preference which it seems to be at the moment that the 31st the UK leaves no matter what whether a deal or no deal is in place uh, at that stage so that just adds further uncertainty to it and obviously if you got into an election setting then we saw from the last election and polls you just don't know uh, what the outcome could be so that brings further uncertainty to bear and that's very unhelpful uh, from a sterling perspective Okay John uh, looking to the week ahead it's a busy week for UK labour market data what are we expecting from those releases? Yeah, so the UK labour market in terms of the unemployment rates uh, at uh decade low. So the, the labour market, what we've seen there is unemployment rate at very low levels, but we have seen slower growth uh, in employment. So there is a bit of Brexit uncertainty there, but also there's a supply issue in the UK in terms of available uh, workers. So for this week, uh, I think the data may take a backseat unless it surprises strongly to the downside. I think the focus will predominantly be on, on Brexit and headlines. But as I said, it's, it's headlines that's driving it at the moment rather than any sort of concrete developments. But you know, in that situation, you can have volatility uh, from a currency perspective. So I think if you're looking to the week ahead, you keep an eye out for uh, euro sterling, that 93p level, and whether uh, it sustains a break above it or, or comes back below it. We just look uh, to the next couple of days, whether that 93p uh, level and where it sits on that. OK, we'll certainly be watching that very closely. And finally, John, just a quick word on the political uncertainty in Italy. Yeah, so we have uh, elections pending there. Uh, obviously, uh, the Salvini party called for an elections. He wants to end the government, so we're just waiting for the president there. Interestingly enough, his comments over the weekend suggested that he doesn't want an Italian exit from the euro. He's not talking about that. So whilst we're seeing volatility and some stress coming on Italian beat, uh, bonds in terms of their yields, if it doesn't, if there is an election and if his party doesn't go on an anti-euro rhetoric, then the downside to the euro may be limited to some extent. If it doesn't become, uh, if the euro and Italian membership of the euro and the EU doesn't become a key platform in that election or a key contentious point of debate. Thank you, John, as always, for your insightful commentary. And thank you to our customers for listening to our weekly podcast. If you wish to stay up to date on the markets while in summer holidays, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Speak with you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.
Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.